Buckle up and prepare for Quantum Leap in three, two, one. And hello, you've arrived to the Strategic Possibilities Show, where you'll discover ideas and opportunities that can rock your world. And here's your host, Emmett Ferguson. And today I have an exciting guest. He's going to be the first guest in the series about art, the art as a business, art as a a hobby, art for enthusiasts, art, uh, commercializing art, and things like that. And Greg Rolston here, thank you for joining me. How have you been? Good, good. Thank you very, very much for having me. Yeah, fantastic. And thank you for tuning in. Um, you know, I, I know you're in New Zealand, so we're in a completely different time zone, but we were able to make it happen. And this, Greg has such an amazing story. We had an opportunity to chat about it. And one thing that I, really love about this idea of, you know, overcoming anxiety and following your dream is that there's so much in the art space that I, I found where, you know, a lot of people just don't feel comfortable, you know, sharing their art or like, you know, they, they have these beliefs about what life is supposed to look like in terms of having a job. And like, you know, they, they have this fear of pursuing art and everything. And I think you've got some amazing stories and amazing things that you've overcome that help to move you in the direction of following your dream, pursuing art and all of that. So, you know, you, you have some great things to share. I mean, just to get started, like, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what was maybe one of the, just starting off, like, what were some of the main challenges that like, you know, that you had to overcome before you even decided to want to pursue art? Uh, so, I mean, for me, it's been like a bit of a lifelong dream sort of thing. Um, so to give you my art origin story, I guess. Uh, so I grew up in a suburb of uh, Wellington called Karori, and we had, um, it's like a, a valley on top of a hill. And so our TV reception was a bit spotty and we didn't get uh, TV3. Uh, and TV3 is the channel that we're broadcasting the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles back in when it first came out. So all my classmates are sitting there drawing ninja turtles and i'm like what is this this is my blowing my mind and so i started copying their drawings or whatever not actually have you ever seen the show and then seeing the show and being like oh wow these guys didn't know how to draw ninja turtles i've been drawing totally the wrong thing and then that is kind of from ever since then you know being like eight years old like wanted to be into art and um so it's always just been and burning at the back of my mind you know like high school i was spent my evenings talking to girlfriends drawing comic book characters um you know uh it's just been part of my life you know the whole time yeah <laughs> great hey so how'd that turn out i mean like talking to girlfriends about your your uh your interests in comics and all of that like you seem a little bit older than me but like yeah. you know during that time was it as like compelling of a career as it is today? Because digital art has completely changed the game. So uh, yeah, I mean, I was uh, born um, and uh, you know I grew up in the eighties, nineties. So uh, like Spawn and Todd McFarlane and that Image Comics stuff was huge for me. Um, you know, these guys breaking away from Marvel and coming up with this new sort of gritty style, these antiheroes. Um, so. I think at the time, girls just liked hearing someone passionate about something in terms of like me nerding out. Um, like no one sort of 
there were very one-sided conversations let's say that um so it worked out for you in a way or uh yeah I mean I always say that kind of edgy weird kid vibe going about me you know like uh when I had hair I used to like spike it up and all that like I was um my wife like looking back at photos of me as a teen she said I was proto emo <laughs> um but yeah just a 90s guy that was really into new metal and um passionate about you know like sepulture and um fourth through like deftones limp biscuit some of my some musical tastes haven't aged well like corn and limp biscuit and stuff but yeah real into metal and then like comic books and i think yeah being a passionate person definitely helps like that kind of stuff because people just love hearing about it <laughs> great cool and by the way so i, I hear a lot of artists who are you know teaching as well and a lot of them tend to say like oh well I started when I was like six and I never stopped like you know they yeah. just kept drawing and going so yeah. um you know and I think that is a relatively smooth transition into a career mm. in arts but for you I mean did you never stop or did you you know yeah I mean so I went to design school and um you know I was like by the time I finished high school I was doing all art subjects you know like uh, art history art painting design all that kind of stuff and then went to Massey Design School where I um, majored in uh, animation or video graphics which was like yeah doing Maya modeling 3D animation and stuff and also a lot of graphic design stuff so I kind of fell in love with that computer stuff side of it as well because I've always been kind of techie so um yeah like it's always yeah, I didn't do super well in design school. Like I kind of fumbled my exit. Um, and when I, uh, I don't know how much I'm going to get into that, but we can, uh, uh, so when I then moved on to the library, um, I was working in an office environment as a photographer. I've jumped around a lot here. Uh, and I was always drawing in the margins of my book. Like I was that guy that like, I'd go to a meeting and I would like, you'd look down and there'd be no notes. It'd just be pictures of robots and random stuff. So even when I wasn't working specifically in an art field, I've always been just noodling around with the biro. Like for the past 30, no, sorry, not 30 years, maybe 20 years, my, if I thought about how long I'd spent drawing with any particular medium, as much as I've been like smashing art for the past year, um, ballpoint pen would probably be my um like if you graphed it out it would be like way up there so yeah absolutely just yeah. noodling away always drawing um so feel free to ask about i just skipped ahead a lot of my life and stuff there so we can jump back yeah hey totally i mean thanks for the quick quick bio you know i mean there's yeah. a lot to capture in what sounds like at least a decade or two so um th that was yeah. a great summary now one of the big things that you you know you did share was this idea of overcoming anxiety and yeah. like following the dream so yeah. uh, you know was the dream just to to be an artist or you know was the dream to like how would you describe that just to be a comic so artist yeah so when i um so I've always had this weird thing that like I wanted to be a comic book artist but mainly because that's what I knew of right like it's this so I'm going to side tangent a little bit here. When I was learning to write Python, uh, the programming language, I had this massive problem where I didn't know how to learn it because I didn't understand the lingo. And I feel like I had the same problem, like you don't know what to Google to find your solution to your problem. And I feel like I kind of had that with art, right? Like, so I knew about illustrators and I knew about comic book artists, 
as terms of like jobs but i didn't really know much more about it and i was like so that seemed kind of like my options if that makes sense so i didn't know much about the business side of things i guess so it wasn't until um uh last year that i really even understood the like what is a concept artist so it was actually something that throughout my time <coughs> excuse me sorry at university i really liked uh um designing characters to then model in 3d and stuff but i didn't know that that was like a job i guess if you i just thought that was what illustrators did or something you know like so but then when i discovered um concept art is like a thing i was like this is the thing that i've wanted to do but not understood that that was a thing if that makes sense so it was kind of like understanding the language or understanding all the th the options i then was able to find the option that spoke to me and kind of fits with the way i like to work the way i like to think about things like design has become a huge part of my life ever since i learned it was slammed into me at four years at massey university at the design school uh and it's just become part of my life um and yeah. then applying that to art like that in that way of like you know it's it's just really speaks to me <laughs> well here, here's a question so you yeah. know one thing that you brought up that i thought was interesting was this yeah. idea that you know you didn't even know about concept art and i think yeah. it's so interesting because like i've had quite a few jobs and there's like so many different types of businesses and like there's so many things that get revealed when you actually become you know when you actually work in that industry like you know i worked in the car business jewelry and like mm. you know, a couple other ones in the lifeguard and like you get to see the inner workings of all that stuff so you know based on like what you've gotten into like concept mm. art and all that i mean was there anything else that you kind of discovered that you didn't even like realize like what other what other pieces that kind of like fell together that made that make sense for you? So I guess the, so the interesting thing with concept art is it's kind of broken down into sort of two parts. The part the public sees, which is the, you know, like the portfolio pieces, these amazing paintings where you're like, well, that's mind blowing. And then there's the like, actual concept art part that is the part you never see which is they you sometimes see it but it's the scratchy like almost like back of the napkin sort of stuff and that's like kind of where the real ideas happen um and it's this weird thing about you're not going to get a client clients without having the polished stuff but the real magic and beauty of it happens in that sketchy part if that makes sense so it's like that's where the crazy ideas happen that's where you're like I don't know what if we mixed um i guess uh, a sna i did that um creature design for uh, as part of the hardy fowler digital painting studio course where i mixed a cowrie snail with a pukeko and sort of then in, in, installed a turtle vibes which kind of gave it a dark crystal thing and it's that like who would even think to do that but i for whatever reason thought to do that and just that the magic that one it worked and it came together and it was like people really enjoyed it and there's like just this and like i don't know it's like this powerful thing if you have this idea and you bring it to life and you haven't uh and the cool thing about that it was, it was a sketch it wasn't even a full painting but like the possibilities um yeah i don't know there's just some about magical like bringing an idea to life and it's like it doesn't even have to be the most polished thing in the world but as long as it's polished enough that you can get the idea across so i guess it's that tension of efficiency so i really like uh, i have a lot of respect for anime 
And when I was studying animation, um, I loved the fact that like these, they were telling these insane stories that would like, you know, Western audiences, I think would need a lot more bigger budgets to sell these ideas, but they were doing it very quickly and efficiently, right? And if you actually watch it, like they like cutting insane a number of corners. And I guess concept art is kind of like anime in a way and that you're trying to get it done as tell the biggest story as possible, but as efficiently and quickly as possible. Um, and I don't know, that just, that speaks to me in ways like, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's like, uh, it, um, yeah, I don't know. I just really, that, yeah, I can't say much more than that speaks to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's great. And, you know, just knowing that there is opportunities out there, whether, you know, you want to come up with like a completed final painting, like most of us just think, oh, wow, you know, we get the completed final painting and that's a beautiful thing. But at the same time, I was in this museum down in Arkansas when I used to live there. And, you know, what I thought was amazing when I went to that art museum was that they had just sketches that Pablo mm. Picasso made. Like these are incomplete sketches, like half. There's, you could see like a race marks or I don't know if there were race marks, but you could see like just yeah. faint outlines and things like that. And I was like, you know, that's, that's an amazing thing, even though, you know, it's, it's not fully completed. And, you know, I'm not saying that to, to not fully complete work, but I'm just saying like, there, there's something nice about that to just be able to consider. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, so that's, informed part of my strategy with the way I do Instagram is uh so <laughs> I have a uh, social anxiety disorder so I tend to struggle with things like posting work online or speaking in public or whatever and uh the fact that I'm even on a podcast put my hand up straight away I, I have talked at conferences and stuff is a huge uh feather in my cap and that I've conquered a lot of these fears and sort of worked really hard uh, to do it and a lot of that is about knowing what works for you and like what are my challenges what are my limits or whatever and I'm going totally off tangent here anyway so with Instagram yeah, well, a quick question I mean <laughs> so so there's probably someone you mm. know for those for those of you uh out there listening you know there's probably someone that can relate to the challenges that you did overcome I mean there's I, yep. I've met so many great artists lately and yep. I know at least a handful of them are just like you know just filled with I, I, fear of you know putting their work out there yeah so what, what did what was the challenges that you came I mean can you share a okay. little bit about that yeah absolutely so uh that's Instagram for me so uh there's a concept uh that you learn um in cognitive behavioral therapy which is a mean uh, a way of sort of helping you deal with social anxiety uh called exposure therapy so it's this idea that something that you find really hard the more you do it, the easier it'll get basically. So to me, that's Instagram. So I went through a phase where I would just sit there and paint for like an hour or two and whatever I had, I would just post it to Instagram. And I'd make some dumb comment about, I don't know, I learned this or I learned that or hey, this was fun or whatever. And just by this sort of posting it over and over again like one it means that i can now look back for the past year and look and see all the work that i've done and how much better i've come so like it's a bit of a sort of confidence boost like man i was crap back then but i was so proud of it i mean you know crap so i'm my own worst critic um it was probably pretty good whatever but you know um and and but just the act of like just getting used to putting it out and like not even caring about likes or whatever like uh so I had, um, 
yeah, like I turned off all notifications on Instagram and I was just like, don't even care who likes this. Don't even care about followers. I got to a hundred followers. Then I lost five followers. And then I got to a hundred followers. And then I, I had a hundred followers five times, uh, three or four times. But, you know, like I took that as like, man, Instagram is weird. Not personally, I guess is the thing. So it's like, if you think Instagram is your life or whatever, then it becomes a problem. But if you're using it as a like tool to just, it's basically my sketchbook, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And using it as a means to just get used to putting myself out there. Uh, you know, and you know, some of the comments and when some random guy finds you and he comments like, well, this is amazing. Like that, you know, it's a great feeling, but at the same time, I'm not chasing that. That's just like a nice little bonus. So I guess that would be my strategy for getting over that. Like you just kind of have to do it um so for me now the challenge is art station so i feel a lot of like art station that's the serious business uh, and that's where i'm going to get my work you know I, like i'm under no illusion that i'll get work through instagram that's like you know that's just me messing around and following my heroes and learning from other people and just sharing hey this is what i do but at the same time using it as a bit of a tool just to get over my shit sorry so <laughs> yeah hey that's great so uh in a way, I mean, Instagram is, I mean, as you described your sketchbook, um, you yep. know, so would you say that like uh, the, the idea of posting on Instagram, because like, you, you know, you didn't really like, what was it that helped you actually decide to make the post? Like, is it just the idea that there's so many people on there or so I've always hated Instagram kind of as a platform. Like I've never wanted to be on it, to be honest. Um, like uh, I don't like the impact it has on like teenage women, for example, like sort of that kind of stuff. And that uh, I think it's kind of weirdly negative in that respect in terms of body image. And anyway, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> Not a fan anyway. So I've always used Instagram in very targeted ways. So when I was in, really into drone racing, like I don't know if you're familiar with first person drone racing, where you're in the goggles and flying little drone. I've heard I about would, it, yeah. Yeah, I was real into that for, I don't know, like three or four years. And so I had a drone racing Instagram account where I'd like post gear, gear shots and, you know, use it to follow the drone pilots and stuff. But then when I became an artist, I made a new Instagram account, which is my art thing. And I try and um, only follow artists or, um, you know, maybe some close friends to keep because that's the only way I can keep in talk, uh, contact with them. But, you know, like it's a it's this weird, yeah, like using it as a tool rather than a part of your life so to speak i guess it's kind of hard to describe um <laughs> like i'm on it all the time you know like whenever i take a break that's my go-to vote what what's posted on instagram but it's more like as a what are people doing what can i learn from what i'm looking at rather than man i wish i was as good as um anthony jones or um oh, who's that other guy that i'm blanking on his name anyway like I have heroes on it's like yeah follow your heroes learn something but also just you know put it out there just get used to putting it out there just at whatever because it's it's kind of crap the algorithm is rubbish it's hard to find followers like uh it's just bad and just don't take it too seriously I guess <laughs> my attitude. yeah well there you go and you know <laughs> as you mentioned at some level right like the it's it's an interesting I don't want to call it like a hierarchy but like stepping up from Instagram to ArtStation. I mean, yeah. you go on ArtStation, you're like, well, everybody's like 
everybody in the world's an amazing artist. But on Instagram, you can learn so much too, which is yeah. Uh, and I think the other th- interesting thing with ArtStation though is if you filter it by new rather than by the top greatest or whatever, you'll find that there are people that you can relate to with your art. And I think um, that's been that's another interest. So uh, learning from yeah, so as you hit, hit up that hierarchy and stuff, it, like you kind of feel like you can't critique maybe people better than you because you don't maybe understand what makes their stuff so good. But by looking at someone's work and going, I don't understand, uh, you know, hey, maybe if they did this, they would be better. That also teaches you to be better, if that makes sense. So like, so uh, just as a kind of side tangent, my attitude towards critiquing artists, and I tend to, uh, when I, I like to do it, because I feel I have skills that I can, uh, people maybe can learn stuff because of my photography background. So I did a lot of photography when I was working at the library. So I have a really strong understanding of values, curves, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So I can often spot that stuff pretty easily. So if I can offer a solution to something, I feel, uh, so hmm, I'm going off tangent here, but yeah, it's critique. If you uh, put yourself in the shoes of the artist and say, if I was this artist, what, would I do differently to make this more successful that in a way is helping you to cement your ideas and learn as well so it's kind of this uh I feel like by giving out um advice and helping people who maybe aren't as advanced on their journey as you are you can also help grow yourself um and also you're kind of giving back right like a lot of the stuff that I've learned over the past year or two I've I mean sure I've played for mentorships and you know I've um paid for a whole lot of videos online or whatever because the good stuff you kind of do have to pay for but I've also consumed a lot of free really good advice um or gotten like bought like videos that have blown my mind for like five dollars and thinking like does everyone should watch this <laughs> you know like <laughs> particularly some of the Anthony Jones stuff like some of his like illustrating with confidence like changed my life like or just like the idea of confident mark making and just you know just practicing and practicing and practicing like so yeah yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely agree that we're in like this, this phase, or I don't want to call it a phase, but like this moment in time, right? Like where we can get so, meet so many great artists mm. who are online, who are willing to teach. I mean, you think back in the day, like the 1400s, like during the Renaissance, man, you had to literally be in like Florence, Italy in order to get an art education. If you were yeah. anywhere else, you're basically like, you know, you yeah. stuck to whatever you had to do. But yeah. on, on that note, like even as you were saying, this idea of critiquing artists, you know, I, mm. I think it's a great thing because at the same time, not only do you get to see how great artists work, but at the same time, you know, if you're if you're critiquing and you're looking at like what professionals are doing, you can also see like, you know, there are some things that you can exclude from your work. For example, like there's some people who think, oh, I got to render out every single little mm. detail and as you yeah. and i have been you know discussed with hardy who's a professional yeah. concert artist you know one of the top out there like you know the professional artists like they learn to focus in on what the most important details are and you know not not render every single absolutely idea. and i think that's uh that's a key um sort of difference between commercial art and say fine art and that um you know like say if you look back to those renaissance paintings i mean that was the art of the time and that stuff was beautiful and they taught 
the world those guys worked out so much stuff like i've like i learned about atmospheric perspective contraposto like uh, a lot of core art things from studying that in high school and that was probably one of my most useful art history things is uh, studying the renaissance period and i still have a lot of respect for it but fine art versus concept art is it's a different thing it's like a um you know like no one's going to pay you um to spend 300 hours rendering a perfect whatever they're going to pay you for like four hours or six hours or you know whatever it is and so there's that you know you've got to use those shortcuts you've got to focus the eye it has to be like laser focused on selling whatever it is you're trying to sell be a a, a design you know the this is the guy's face and he's super angry or this is uh the point of where the magic sword is or whatever you've been an environment or a creature or whatever and you know sometimes stuff is like say if you i've been like messing around with like uh creatures a lot lately and uh something that always sticks to me that hardy says is that idea that it's like you let the viewer's imagination um let them fill in the pieces right so like if you render out everything the viewer's got nothing to do with the image right like the I think you're sort of um, probably pulling in like almost weirdly cubist and sort of going down that art thing, like, you know, but you know, you're like, it's that idea that, you know, art is more interesting if you can engage with it, right? So if you've laid out everything perfectly, like that's cool. But if you're a concept artist, that's not necessarily helping you sell that idea, you know, like it's cool, sure, great, you did that, but you know, you don't need to do that. And I think it's kind of this idea of this tension of what is the bare minimum I can get away with, but also with the most effect. And like, as a, uh, I learn a lot from limiting myself. Like I've found a lot of the time, like the best times you learn stuff is when you set yourself limits. Like, so uh, a big exercise that's been huge for me in the last year is these blob renderings where I'll just put in like a weird you know black space on it and i'll use procreate and just do this while i'm watching tv and then i'll just put in use it you get my painting brush out and procreate and i'll just sort of try and render it into some kind of weird fleshy shape and they like half the time they look terrible sometimes they look frightening sometimes they look cool and i probably shared maybe one in ten of them but like just as an exercise it's like uh yeah it's just getting the how can i get this as fast as possible without um and i can now render a blob thing about 20 minutes like not even you know so it's all about building up those speed skills yeah. um mm. so okay so i mean most of us like you know when we hear blob thing we're, yeah. we're not sure exactly what you mean so like okay cool what do you okay, mean by so, blob? i've seen it but like for yeah all right you know. all right okay so it's literally this idea that you just get a, a hard brush. So um, for those of you not familiar with digital art, like a hard brush is like a, a hard circle and you don't do any opacity adjustments or whatever. It's just a hard circle. You draw it like whatever shape. It should be as solid. You know, you could have some little tentacles coming out if you want to get into that, but just it can be as crazy looking or as boring as possible. It could just be a sphere. You've got, you've, it's basically taking the sphere rendering concept and then applying it to a weird shape. And so it's, uh, so yeah, um, it's all about playing with values. So you start with a black background and then you'll set your brush to say uh, an off-white, uh, not an off-white, like maybe like a 25%, uh, trying to think how to describe this without getting into nerdy technical details, but say like a, a mid-gray. And then you put your opacity down to say 20%. 
and then you just sort of go for it and you're just trying to describe this shape and you're not really and you're sort of designing as you're painting it's more just an exercise and can i make this thing look realistic whatever it ends up being so sometimes i'll put in weird metal things sometimes i'll give them eyes sometimes they'll end up having noses or whatever but it's about practicing working quickly it's about uh learning like skin or um describing round things is like a really key part um like hardy talks a lot about edge control and this is a really good way to practice edge control and just getting used to having a brush in your hand so that when you actually do want to design something or paint something cool you've already like you're not like feeling your way through it you've already felt your way through it on something that you kind of don't care about right so it's like this idea of low stakes uh like a lot of the time in tech people talk about like failing quickly and often and i guess it's that idea right like you don't every painting doesn't have to be a masterpiece in fact if you go out and design it to not intentionally not be a masterpiece sometimes the stuff you come out with is even cooler than if you do like put the, all that pressure on you right like it's about removing the pressure yeah yeah <laughs> so totally yeah yeah that and you you got you got a really good thought there this idea of pressure i mean pressure can create like anxiety maybe not like you know serious level of anxiety but like that pressure for some people you know is just like that one little barrier that stops them from just letting loose you know being more free in their expression and all that and yep. you know i think that's a, a an awesome thing that you're sharing in terms of how that can relate to concept art yeah so so with that said i mean you've been you've been in art for a little while now i mean you've uh been interested in like comic books and stuff and you know what i could see on video like some some people would be listening in audio but there's a cat there which seemed to come yeah, fun. it's but my like, cat riggins yeah <laughs> yeah so uh what are you you know working on nowadays what sort of uh you know is it any genres or, or genres i guess yeah um I'm real big into sci-fi, science fiction guy. So growing up, you know, massive love of Star Wars and all that kind of stuff. So my main focus, I think, is probably, yeah, robot designs and creature designs and that kind of stuff. I really love the idea of being an environment artist, but I'm just kind of struggling with it a little bit at the moment. Um, but yeah, so I probably should delve into fantasy a little bit more but uh yeah mainly that uh i think the dream is to work on video game movies just you know like the idea of um so just getting just bringing people's cool ideas to life like you know i, re I read a lot of like um hard science fiction like alistair reynolds and um you know, I'm a big fan of the expanse and that kind of stuff. So is that, can you explain that? I'm actually not familiar with those. So like, okay. So hard sci-fi is this concept of, um, so they star Wars is space opera, right? Like, so it's this sort of pulpy sort of, uh, like a, a, a an action adventure thing. Whereas hard science is more like this could be real. So you will, um, so the Alistair Reynolds, for example, used to work for the European version of NASA. What if I forget the name of it? Um, like so Black Mirror type stuff? Uh, okay, so, okay. House of a Thousand Suns is my favorite book of his and it takes place over something like 20,000 years. Um, and the characters um, are a group of chatelains who have been cloned from one person and they meet up once a galactic cycle as they go around the, uh, the galaxy to meet up and exchange ideas and merge their consciousness. But 
they don't have like hyperspace speed stuff. It's all sort of um, plausible under today's current understanding of science, I guess would probably be the difference. But at the same time, it gets loose as well. But like um, just for that sort of, I don't know. I really like that reading that genre, but I would love to work in that space. But um, at the same time, I'm just excited to help bring people's um, dreams to reality, to be honest. Like I've, uh, I probably shouldn't talk much about it, but I think of one client who's very much feels like a passion project. Like I'm really like, they're like stoked to be, like they found me and they were like, you fit our, um, you, you know, you are the missing piece to our project and just this, the, just the feeding off each other's excitement is just, it's, yeah. it's, it's something else, you know, like it's a, it's an amazing feeling. Well, dude. Okay. So, I mean, we got a great thing here. Cause like, uh, you know, clearly you can't discuss it too much. I imagine you're yep. under NDA or whatever, but like, yep. can you share a little bit about, you know, you said they found you. So like for anybody yep. listening, I mean, that's like, well, how do you get found? I mean, everybody would love to get found. <laughs> And before we go on with the rest of this episode, I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. And recently, I was able to get a sponsorship from Ty Lopez. He's an internet marketer, an internet entrepreneur, an angel investor. And I want to say thank you because these episodes and this podcast would not be possible without our sponsors. And this is something I'm incredibly excited about. I mean, have you ever been so excited about something that you just your mind just starts buzzing and you have to tell someone about it? So that's what's happening to me as I'm learning about how to add more streams of income from Ty Lopez's cash flow program. So that's Cashflow, C-A-S-H-F-L-O-W-W. That's Cashflow with two W's. And what he's been doing is he's been teaching me all about how to start a business without employees and startup costs. So you don't have to worry about all those fancy startup costs. You can get started right now. And how to build a brand on social media so you can earn an income from your brand. Whether you decide to start a podcast or whether you started a YouTube channel, I've done those things. Yet even I am having the opportunity to learn more ways to earn an income. And also, you'll also learn why certain companies would rather pay everyday people, just like you and me, to promote their products and services. You don't have to be a celebrity. You don't today. You don't have to be uh, have a hundred thousand followers. You can get started right now on starting your business without employees, and you don't have to be super famous. You can do this right from your very own home. And basically. He's teaching me all of these useful things to know about making money. And I didn't realize how much potential there is right now on the internet. And I was also shocked to know about how easy it is to get started. I mean, it used to be so time consuming and expensive to start your own business. You'd have to worry about hiring an employee. You'd have to worry about starting, you know, some some corporations and while those are some things you might want to consider down the road, getting started on the internet to start making money, earning income, earning an extra stream of income is incredibly simple. And Ty Lopez has created this amazing cash flow program. That's C-A-S-H-F-L-O-W-W with two W's. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be time consuming. It's all changed with that program. So trust me, you're going to want to check it out too. 
Now, here's what you can do is you're gonna, gonna get a special offer if you go through and let them know that you were able to hear about his program through me. So here's a special link for you. That's cashflow.com slash your life, your way. That's cashflow.com slash your life, your way. C-A-S-H-F-L-O-W-W.com slash Y-O-U-R-L-I-F-E-Y-O-U-R-W-A-Y. Again, that's cashflow.com with two W's slash your life, your way. And let me know how it goes. You are not going to be disappointed. And with that, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be continuing on this with, with the rest of this episode. Yeah. Like, was uh, it through Instagram or? No, no, it was through ArtStation, actually. Um, so funnily enough, it was one of my... I spent an hour on this painting uh, and the, I guess, I don't know if I just tagged it on using the right tags on. Is that a um, long time, an hour for, for a painting of yours or? Uh, no, that's a pretty quick one. Um, like I'm talking hour from, I sat down with a blank piece of blank canvas and just went for an hour while watching the cricket. And uh, so it wasn't even like a, I put a lot of thought into it. Um, but yeah, I guess, so it was just, yeah, a robot doing magic, um, which is, I guess, a weird idea. And for whatever reason, that has been my most popular image on Instagram, like looking at, uh, not Instagram, sorry, ArtStation. Um, it's had the most views. So I don't know if it's just the idea of a robot. Like, I just thought this is a stupid idea. I want to play with it, a robot doing magic. This is kind of fun, right? Like, why not magic? Robots can do magic, sure. <laughs> um and so he found that image and then he just uh and uh, you know went through and was like well this guy's rad like let's talk to him um so i guess it's yeah so put your stuff up on places like art station where people who are gonna look for stuff will look for it like don't necessarily think um when you put it up and you get no views or no likes or whatever like that's not necessarily what art station's for like i think it does have that functionality but it's also a place that art directors and project directors and people in the business are going to go to looking for things. And, you know, if you have something kind of unique and weird, like a robot doing magic, for example, um, which who knows, maybe someone's going to find that and go, you know what, this guy's got something interesting to say or to show, or, you know, maybe we could work together. So yeah, I guess the thing is you don't know what's going to speak to people. Um, so if you have some rando idea and you spend an hour, like trying to like visualize it, like, you know, even if it's not the best painting in the world, if you've sold the idea of a robot toy magic well, or, and I know I, honestly, it's a little bit embarrassing the photo, the painting, it's not that great. Um, and I was, I, it's been scratching my head for a while. Like why do people keep liking this? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so, yeah. Well, wait, so quick question. I mean, so like, you know, just thinking about uh, the idea of like marketing on Instagram. I mean, you were found, I, I know uh, art station, you can like do different tags and stuff like yep. that and like you know put up different software that you yep. use so you know since it was found i mean what do you think it was that i mean did you use tags or did you just literally just upload the photo and that was it i mean this is some good stuff here you know what i have to sort of do a bit of a breakdown on that like i have gone through phases of 
carefully trying to do everything on ArtStation or I taught a bunch of 10 year olds um, procreate painting and procreate for a, f a friend I did like it was almost like a mini almost like a uh, concept art boot camp for 10 year olds and procreate it was kind of fun um, but so I just like dumped all of those up on ArtStation and those haven't got very many views but I think this one was put up and during my phase of going like lots of tags and you know really well thought out or what actually no it wasn't that well thought out now that I think about it because the comment or the description was I did this while I was playing watching cricket so I have no idea to be honest like I have to go back and look but you know is it just because I had this weird idea of a robot doing magic or was it uh you know there's something else i'm not sure I, but, well hey i mean yeah. i can't name too many i can name plenty of artists that you know just do characters that can do yeah. great looking characters all day but you're the only person i can name right now who <laughs> is an artist who does robots who do magic so um i think there's there's a very interesting idea there and yeah if you were to go down like that road i mean can you come up with more robots that do magic i mean that's just such an interesting thing I mean, like, actually, it was a series of paintings that were kind of a phase, I guess, I went through where I had, there's about five or six of them, to be honest. Um, but for one, this one that I did was a guy, like, holding his hand up with fire coming off it. And it was, like, me playing around with uh, the special effects brushes and Procreate. So it wasn't even, like, really well-rendered fire or anything. Like, I could do it. If I did the, if I, re, in fact, I should probably recreate it now, like, just to sort of, as a test of how far have I come in a year. Like, I actually am a big fan of that kind of stuff um yeah so yeah maybe i will actually that's actually don't hold me to it but i might do that <laughs> yeah hey and we'll definitely uh you know share that share that in you know the description with all of this you know anything that you want um yeah but dude that's so cool i'm so glad that you were able to find something you know you went from just barely feeling comfortable posting stuff on instagram yeah. to finally you know literally i mean like just getting discovered. I mean, most people think that getting discovered is like, you know, oh, someone finds you in a store, you get put in a movie and suddenly you're a big shot. But like, I think these discoveries, like the real ones tend to happen little by little. And then, you know, you start building. On yeah, top. absolutely. Um, and I think it's the, yeah, the more you put yourself out there, it's just, you know, put it on blast, see what's happened. So my strategy going forward, I think with that stuff is to sort of, yeah uh my next step in my career will definitely be to start like cold calling people sending out stuff saying hey you know trying to find some more long-term clients um but you never know where these ones going to come you know some guy who's got some rando idea as long as he's willing to pay you for your time and respect you in that way you know who knows where it's going to come i think it's an exciting thing um but yeah i put in yeah i think just like there's something to be said for putting yourself out there uh no matter how good it is um even if it's to build confidence ask for help you know like putting if you are struggling with your eye and you say in some way like art station like hey you guys do you have any thoughts or critique welcome or you know someone will probably come and help you you know like if you're willing to listen like i love teaching people this stuff like it's something like the best thing you can ever do is teach someone to blow their own mind right like when you go hey try this trick and they go oh my god that like saved my thing or whatever like that's a great feeling right passing that on to someone and um and helping people get it right like there's like so much with this art stuff is sort of i don't know like vague and wishy-washy and people talk about values or tones or whatever and you're like yeah i get that black to white but 
like cool wet, you know like and they feel like mid-tones are really important but you know like what does that mean <laughs> but then it's kind of one of those things that's real hard to explain or maybe it's not but like it took me a long time to sort of well I, mean, I felt like i understood it but actually implementing some of this stuff is quite hard like there's this weird sort of uh it's like your hand can do one thing and your mind can do the other and sort of bringing them together it's kind of this uh kind of i don't know it's yeah beautiful thing <laughs> yeah definitely and uh, as we've or as you've mentioned like you know the the whole idea of digital art too as well adds like a whole different type of information because you have to know like you know there's so many different tools that can be added on from just like a photoshop or something yeah and i think that's one of my favorite places to do i mentioned before about like putting on restrictions or restricting yourself um and by if you just say like brushes and photoshop is a great example like everyone like they get into digital art and they're like i need to buy three thousand dollars worth of brushes or whatever and you're like nah dude you need to use like the you need to master the round brush and then once you've done that like then you probably want to start doing it but there's that excitement right like you're like, oh my, oh, what can i do i can do so many different things and it's, and it's overwhelming i mean i i've used photoshop for graphic design photography uh, you know image, heritage imaging and uh, imaging analysis uh you know you can use it for so many different things and it's just I'm such a massive tool and it's so easy to get lost in it but if you sort of go okay this is my toolkit like getting to know a very specific set of tools really well will then help you get good at that and then when you start branching out and start doing little experiments you'll probably get them a bit faster than trying to use the whole toolkit in one go um so yeah it's a bit rambly but hopefully that's uh sounds good <laughs> yeah but and that is really helpful because you know i jumped into this probably well in the past year in mm. terms of digital art just playing with photoshop and like one of the most difficult things that i've found personally was literally just you know listen watching people do great trainings right like as you mentioned there's people on youtube and all that that give amazing free lessons but it's mm. like following that and not knowing like what to click what button they pressed like yeah. you know is one of the it was such a big hurdle at the beginning and yeah. once you can like understand like that i'm gonna use fancy terms like masking and like lassoing yeah. and like you know separating all the different layers i mean once you can understand that it's like you know, then you can get into the, the mind of the artist who's explaining things and you can really yeah. start to, you know, adapt your skills. So, yeah. I mean, and I think that's a great um, sort of story or example of that uh, sort of being back to what I was talking about when I learned Python is that you don't know what you don't know. You know, like it's this, you're, I mean, when I first, the thing that stuck out the most when I was teaching these kids Procreate was they didn't understand the concept of a canvas. Like I didn't explain a canvas, but they just started trying to draw on the edges and they were like, why can't I draw here? And I was like, well, that's not the page, but they didn't get that. It, well, you know, like, so it's this, we take it for granted. Like I taught myself Photoshop. Like we had um, uh, a computer that wasn't even on the internet. This was like in 19, no, two, year 2000, 1999, maybe. I can't remember, but for high school design, we had a computer upstairs and the teacher didn't know how to use it so we would just would spend ages like going through just playing around in photoshop trying to do stuff like we had no idea what we were doing this was before the internet was available to us um so i didn't really get the eight i didn't get the internet at home until i was 18. 
Was it, wow. Hey, was it you that showed that ad of Photoshop, like the original ad of Photoshop? Or is that somebody uh, else? That might be someone else. But uh, yeah, like I was using the first version of Photoshop I used was Photoshop 4 um in yeah 1999 i think it was maybe 2000 but yeah so i had to teach myself all this stuff and um so i'm a real big fan of like having a go yourself and just trying to familiarize yourself with the layout of the land and then returning to sort of the fundamentals to sort of work out what you missed so i've been, i have a lot of i have a lot of love for the way hardy does it and his um like if you ever want to get into digital art the fantastic first lesson and the one i would absolutely recommend is the free one hardy does on i think it's art fundamentals or my name digital on oh, digital painting studio where he explains his use of um just rendering a sphere like real simple thing and then i think eventually he turns it into like an apple but like there's like the, having that gentle introduction to like these are the basic tools you need to know it's going to help you a lot for then even asking the questions about masks or alpha lock or opacity or you hear people like me going on about tones and values and color dodge brushes and what have you but um yeah there's that sort of like i think people just rush in and be like i'm going to paint sweet dragons but like hey you do need to learn to paint a sphere and as much as you don't need to be that art guy that's i think it was you telling the story about the skeleton like you can't even render this rib cage because you got to be a master to do it like yeah that stuff's all bs but like there's definitely something to be learned for doing the fundamentals building up brush confidence like that idea of like i don't know if you've done it before but the point to point to point have you done that before that exercise no like connecting the dots or basically yeah so basically if next time you're bored like just put just draw like th uh two dots on the page and then just try and nail the two dots and it's this exercise in training your mind to do well sorry your hand to do what your mind does right in a super low stakes way so you'll be surprised at first how often you miss that second dot and then after time you just start getting it and then the advanced ones you three dots and so you're trying to do a curve around it and it's a simple act that you can do while you're on the phone with someone you could be doing it while i'm rambling on in a podcast whatever but you know like it's this simple little tricks that uh you hear some of the art school masters talk about that are actually good and so it's this weird thing with like a lot of that uh, pretentiousness with like the skeleton you can't render a skeleton ribcage unless you're a master versus some of these actual genuine golden little tricks they do for training your hands um but i guess the yeah just taking your time slowing down don't be in a hurry to render the sickest dragon ever start with something small you know like get good at painting rocks or like um <laughs> yeah Absolutely. something you're dude that's yeah, fun some, man yeah like, something you're super into like you know i just like drawing metal stuff like pipes and machines and like i i did a study the other day where i did like a science fiction rubbish bin just for funsies and that was like a load of fun i had it all glowing and stuff just messing around with and yeah, but like super low stakes practice, I think is probably the key to my growth over like I've grown huge in the last year. Like I look back and I'm like, man, I'm a lot better than I was. And I'm super proud of myself for it. And it's a great feeling, but it's just been low stakes practice. Like every day I would probably spend at least an hour just doing, doesn't have to be anything massive. You know, you don't have to put it on Instagram, but you can, if you think it's kind of cool or you learned something, but yeah, just keep at it slowly over time you'll get there yeah for yeah. sure and you know just just as you're mentoring like the foundations of everything you know mm. like 
I don't want to say like, you know, obviously there's pen and paper. And if you could draw a dragon, you know, using pen and yeah. paper, you know, that's one thing. But if you start to like what if you're going from just not too many, not enough skills to jumping into Photoshop for the first time and watching an online tutorial, trying to yeah. draw these dragons, you're going to be, you know, just based on my experience, you know, looking for the tools and figure, oh, where did he click for that? And you're going to be spending mm. so much time trying to figure that out where, yeah. you know, if you start with the basics, just learn the basic tools, the, the brushes and, you know, maybe a yeah. couple of other things looking at some simple tutorials, you know, you can really yeah. start to boost your game. And, yep. you know, one thing that I wanted to ask you before we wrap this up is this idea of, you know, you mentioned that you were teaching Procreate um, and to, to a bunch of 10 year olds and they were not, they were not drawing on the canvas. So mm. this brings up the question of creativity. Like, you know, is there an element of like, you know, childlike creativity that, that worked there or you know do you think that there is a there are certain guidelines that people should follow i mean whether it's just for commercial art or fine art or whatever like what are your thoughts on that are you talking about in terms of like um what are the like basics? clearly they were they were going outside the box right like they were just right. having fun but okay as so adults, for me, that was uh, on me for not explaining the technology well enough. So I made a bit of a, uh, yeah, so I've, I've grown up thinking that anyone younger than me is instantly going to be better at technology than me or like just get technology stuff better. So I'd made the assumption that I didn't need to explain that there was actually a canvas in the middle, that that's the part you draw on and around the edges is like not drawable area. So that was more on me as a teacher for not realizing that I had to explain the core concept of, oh, you actually have to put a page in the middle there. Um, so yeah, it was, it was uh, I loved learning. Um, yeah, like you, I've taken this stuff for granted that this, everyone just would understand this, but you know, there's obviously, it makes you think about it. Um, yeah, what are the basics? And I think like, yeah, sometimes like some of the questions you've asked in class have been really, really good about, um, making me think about how do I do that? And I love that. That's amazing. Like, I love the idea that I think you, when I helped try, I was trying to help you with that mutant chicken thing you do, or killer chicken thing. And you, I was trying to explain to you the form modeling sort of stuff. And then you were asking me questions. You were like, well, your brush strokes are so much better. And I was like, well, you just kind of have to just do it. But it's like, well, how do I do this? Like, <laughs> I really, I want to know if Emma asks me this again, can I give him a good example or can I give him a good response to be able to explain to it? Because a lot of it is sort of weird muscle memory. Like you just kind of do it and you just get better the more you do it. And I love this idea of actually having to sort of think about it, right? Like, um, like what is, is, you know, am I like pressing and holding and kind of moving it like this or like, and then I, and I've started coming up with like my own um, almost like art moves, I guess you'd call it like the, I have one called the wiggle where you like instead of just drawing a line you kind of like put the cursor down you kind of wiggle side to side and you and you're sort of wiggling along and it's like thinking about your technique and how you do something is really good because if something doesn't work and you're going oh well i use the wiggle on that that's why it didn't work so i use the wiggle i should be using a straight stroke or <laughs> you whatever trademark you know, like that the wiggle no i <laughs> so <laughs> funny brush the, the, in New Zealand, it's a technique but more of a technique but in new zealand there's a kids uh music group called the wiggles um so that, that probably wouldn't go down too well but yeah i guess what it's the yeah so sort of thinking about what you're doing with the stylus on the screen or the canvas or whatever you're doing whether you're doing it on paper or on but yeah just having this sort of sense 
of what you're actually doing so that if you do need to correct behavior or do need to correct a stroke, you're kind of can actually do it. It's like this starting into the weeds a little bit of like the technique style of how you draw, how you use a stylus or whatever. Like another thing that I do a lot is so um, in the lead up to when I was getting married, um, I got really bad like hand pains, like sort of from, you know, and um, on reflection it was probably from the stress. Um, but, you know, like I was like off work, getting dosed up on drugs because of how bad the pain was and stuff. I actually think it was because of how tense I was. I was like, you know, gripping my hands or whatever. So I'm very hyper aware of my hands and uh, art and stuff. So when I hold a stylus, my cat's in the way again. Um, I like to, um, you can uh, have video on this. Yeah, I don't know if you can see it, but I still like to hide it as like as loose as possible. So if you can sign to see me, like I almost want it to move, right? So like, I don't know if you play the guitar, but there's this idea when you hold the pick that you sort of just, it's like this idea that you hold the pick as loosely as possible without holding it too tight. Like you don't, like the harder you hold it, the worse it's going to sound because it's kind of like you can, anyway, but yeah. It's like so the violin. You hold the, the stick very probably. loosely. Yeah. Yep. I, I think it's a music thing. I don't know. I kind of, again, taught myself to play the guitar a few years back um, with some help from a guy I was working with. And, but one, I remember there's this guy, uh, Ben Aller, who does, this is why you suck at guitar. And he does this whole episode on just like um, how to hold the pick. And it's this like, I love this idea of thinking about it that granularly, like, you know, like from a guy who like shreds hard and is real good, but you know, he's putting a lot of thought into it. Well, has at some point in his learning put a lot of thought into how he just holds the basic thing that makes the noise. And I think like uh, a lot of the time when people get sore from painting too much and drawing too much, if they've got like a death grip on their pen. Um, and sometimes you can see it in that kind of wobble on their line but also I think it's really bad for your hands and that's going to be what like messes you up or stops you working. But if you mess up your hands real bad with that. So I'm like hyper aware of that and try and always, um, and I can feel it when I'm stressed, like when I'm like crunching to put out work, I know I get sore at the end of the day. And it's like, yep, you were, you were too stressed. You were too tense in your hands. You need to like relax that grip a bit more. And I actually think it makes the mark making better as well, a little bit looser and freer. Like, um, so there you go. There's a pro, um, I don't know if that, that's probably getting way into the weeds there. So Be loose and that. free. Yeah, no, yeah. that's great because like, you know, I have had a mentor say to me, they're like, you know, focus on the big picture first. And as you start to improve, you know, dig into like those, those more specific, you know, habits that you have or skills yeah. Yeah. that you're mentioning yeah. and you've been doing it for quite a while. So it makes sense that, you know, you're starting yeah. to dig in more into the very specific things. Yeah. I mean, I should say that, um, I don't know how much I mentioned this, but yeah, so my career and um, I was pretty good in my career with the, at the library as a photographer. I learned a lot of great stuff there, but uh, it was actually my, the death of my mother about two years ago, coming up in February, that um, kind of messed me up and uh, made me go, you know what, I need to get back into this childhood dream thing. And, um, you know, I need to live, I can be perfectly happy working this life in a career that I'm reasonably good at. But the one thing that was missing was the the passion, I guess, you know, like I want to work. I mean, and I know everyone wants to work in a job that doesn't feel like work, but it's like, I feel like I have skills that I can offer here and I would be happier doing that. So um, luckily I'm fortunate enough that my wife is uh, could support us and that my mom died just before she was retiring. So she looked after us a little bit as well. 
so I took that opportunity to, because uh, I started breaking down a little bit, like just mentally, like it's a massive thing when your mum dies, you know, like it kind of messes you up a lot. Like yeah. you don't really think about it. Uh, and so I was like, you know what? The work is not doing it for me. I'm going to walk away. Um, and it was a really hard decision. Like, cause that's like, uh, I remember that episode of, I don't know if you're, I grew up watching Friends, um, but there's this episode where Chandler's talking about the fear of leaving his job and he's like i can't leave my job i have the fear i've there's too much fear, the fear and that, huh? yeah <laughs> and i sort of had that like it, you know you your mum dies you get a bit of money quitting your job seems like the dumbest thing you could do like that's the but it, for me mentally and like just for myself and my family and me being a better person i feel like it was totally the right thing to do and everyone even in my work supported me like they were like this is the best thing you could do um and so i've really tried to make the most of that and you know throwing myself into this art stuff for the past it's going up a year and a half now you know like you know i've done mentorships under anthony jones i've done mentorships under hardy fowler i've watched so many so many videos i've uh taught myself to practice i've bought the gear you know i've uh i've bought into the mindset and i've really thrown myself into it and um with the main thing that, you know, the one thing my mum would want me to be is happy, right? Like, so I should do everything I can. So that that's me honoring my mum, you know? So, um, yeah. And yeah, so that's what I've been trying to do. And I think, you know, um, I feel pretty good about myself having some of them reach out to me and say, hey, dude, you're so sick. Uh, we want to get in on this. Like that to me feels, that was like a huge milestone for me. Like, hey, you're doing it. Um, so yeah, that's my, uh, yeah, so... I have been lucky in that I have been able to throw myself at this stuff and spend all this time doing it. Um, well, lucky <laughs> when your mum dies, that's not really lucky, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, like I, I, my circumstances have really let me follow this dream hard and, you know, get over my demons and, you know, the disappointment of not nailing this earlier in my life, perhaps, um, mm -hmm. and really following those things. And, yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm excited about my future, like really, really excited. And that's, uh, you know, I've, I feel like I've kind of earned it. Um, it feels weirdly arrogant to say that, but like uh, I've put in a lot of time. I have confidence. That is something that I would have never had before. Um, and it Thank just you. feels good. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know if that speaks no. to anyone, but uh, I hope yeah. that does. Uh, <laughs> sorry, maybe. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yep. You know, definitely a powerful thing and um with that said uh thank you for being on this episode the first episode in the series of um you know in the series of about art and that career and you know it sounds like you have some some uh, interesting and exciting times ahead of you i've been able to just see your artwork you've got so many you know exciting pieces you're constantly putting work out like it's so great yep. to you know just be in these in these classes and, you know, gr groups with such, you know, passionate, excited people, like it really, not just like to be able to be inspired, but like, it, I think it brings you up, uh, brings uh, me up. Right. So brings you up, brings me up just to be around. Oh, uh, uh, I could, if you're people. on the fence about like getting into art or if you're just a casual, you know, dabbling or whatever, find yourself a community, like, you know, through a mentorship program classes, or even just find some random discord channel or whatever uh and just yeah put your stuff up you know it doesn't have to be you don't have to go full instagram 
show the world it. you know if you're just showing a group of like-minded people who are, don't even have to be on the you know mixed group of skill levels because everyone's learning off each other um so yeah no absolutely it's been fantastic. a fantastic experience like this experience with uh in this class has been uh ah oh, so good so good no, like, wonderful it's been an amazing yeah. Great. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for somebody with uh, skills that can create robots with mad ma magical robots or, you know, do concept art and characters and all of that, uh, Greg Rolston, um, you know, what's the best way to reach you? Should they go on your Instagram or should they go on your art station? Uh, yeah, so probably art stations where all my polished workers. So that's I like to put I like to keep that sort of more like that's my higher tier stuff uh, is yeah art station. So I guess you just like search for greg rolston with my weird spelling which hopefully you'll put in the postcard description yeah absolutely uh, um yeah my mom wanted me to be different so instead of greg g-r-e-g it's g-r-e-i-g uh and then my last name spelt different from every other rolston apparently as well so good times um and then yeah on instagram i'm don't forget the i which is a play on my a hilarious play on my um name but it's I E Y E instead of I. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. It's spelled, don't forget the I like eyeball, but yeah. I. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, yeah. I like, I like that. That's yeah. tying it all that's, together. Um, okay. Yeah. That's my hilarious sense of humor going right there. Yeah. Cool. I have found what, yeah. Anyway. So hopefully that was uh, inspiring for someone. I don't know. Like I really enjoyed chatting with you, Emmett. It's been great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you.